Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Joshua M. Clark. That's my nickname. M? Joshua M. Clark is my nickname. Okay. Uh, and there's Charles W. Chuck Bryant yapping already. Already. This is uh, Stuff You Should Know. I broke the rule, the rule that you set on like the first week I was here. You were like, don't say anything for the first 60 seconds or you're out of here. That rule's true, Chuck. <laughs> I'm afraid, um, yeah, we'll talk about this later. I have a prediction really quickly about this podcast. What? I predict that it will be our most serious and joke-free podcast to date. Yes. I also predict, piggybacking on your prediction, mm-hmm. that by the time we uh, leave the studio, we'll have bloody crescent-shaped wounds in the palms <laughs> of our hands from making this joke-free. Yeah. Not you can't joke about this. No, you can't. And the reason why, we should probably go ahead and specify why, because we don't want to give anyone the impression that we find transsexualism or gender reassignment funny. Right. That's not the point. The point is, what we've learned from this research mm-hmm. is that more than just transsexuals have a stake in gender reassignment. Yeah. Like, we could conceivably tick off, like, 80 different special interest groups with yes, this one podcast. Yeah. It's our most precarious podcast yet. Yeah. And my whole point is we just joke about everything. It's not like we find this funny, sure. but we, we kid about everything. And we can't kid about this. We can't. Because people get so upset if we make jokes about this. That's right. But I will lead with a joke if I can. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I went and typed in transsexual into Google because I was, I was trying to, I was looking something up specifically. I can't remember what. Uh-huh. And you know how they have images that pop up. The first image that I saw was of a woman in a bikini, and someone had photoshopped Don Knotts' head onto the body. <laughs> that, and that was like the first Google image for transsexual. Weird. It was a bad, it looked like a Martin Van Nostren Photoshop job gotcha, with yeah. Don Knotts on a bikini. Yeah. All right, so that's my only joke. You ready? I wonder Van Nostren's could pretty much just reuse some of the photoshopped images that he's already sent us for this one. Yeah, probably. Yeah. He's put our head on lots of female bodies. He has. Uh, most recently, roller derby, Chuck. That's right. So, Chuck, have you heard about a man uh, by the name of Scott Moore? No. Scott Moore is, he's a hefty guy. Okay. Uh, he was born uh, Jessica Moore. Okay. And by age 11, Jessica, now Scott, um, was pretty sure that she was supposed to be a man. Right. And basically got shortchanged by being born a girl. Sure. Scott went ahead and had um, gender reassignment surgery, but didn't go the full nine yards and is now the world's second pregnant man. You want to see him? Sure. He actually just looks like he's been drinking way too much beer lately. Yeah, he he just looks like a big fat guy. But he's living it. He's living as a gay man. He, but he's a pregnant man, and he's the world's second, as far as I know. The the only other pregnant man is a guy named Scott Beatty, yeah. who in two thousand eight became the world's first pregnant man under. Pretty much the same circumstances. Scott was born a woman, uh, became a man, mm-hmm. didn't undergo all of the surgical procedures, which we'll get into later, and was capable of having a baby, a pregnant baby. Yeah. Pregnant think, with a baby. I'm glad you clarified that because I think we misspoke. We just brought him up in a previous podcast off the top of our head, and yeah. I don't think we said the right thing. So What was that, Cannonball Run? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Joke number two. Yeah. As long as we're not joking about the disorder, then... Uh, 
I think we're fine, right? I, I'm scared. Okay. Um, so, Chuck, let's talk about exactly what people like Jessica, uh, who became Scott, um, and Scott, and I don't know what the other Scott's first name was right. originally. Oh, Scott Beatty's. Is this, could it be more confusing, that last little quandary right there? Um, how do how do you get to that point? Why do you get to that point? And um, what are some of the paths that that they took and didn't take? And what is gender reassignment surgery? Okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, well, transsexualism. We should begin there. It is uh, classified as a gender identity disorder. Mm-hmm. And um, I've actually looked. There's a lot of people that have a problem with that. It's classification as a disorder. Even I had a problem with that Me right too. off the bat. Uh-huh. Because basically, a mental what you're disorder. Saying, yeah, it's a, it's classified in two different diagnostic manuals. Yeah. as a mental disorder. That's being fought though. Yeah, like right now the battle is is going on. I saw that England and France have both declared it not a mental disorder. They declared war on it. Exactly, and uh, critics say that there's no there's no evidence, there's no scientific consensus or evidence that says that points to the brain and something being wrong. Right. So one of the reasons why it's still classified as a mental disorder um, is because our understanding of gender is mm-hmm. really, we have no idea whether it's it's socially conditioned as the radical feminist lobby right. would, would believes. Sure. Um, or whether it's natural, which is, Basically, inadvertently supported by the the um, existence of transsexuals. Right. They're saying, I, "I'm naturally, I was a biologically born man, but I've, I'm a woman, and it's not social. I've been like this all my life. Sure, I should have been a girl. Right. right? So there's a that's that's just two groups that are that kind of butt heads over this. What what gender is? Just two. Just two of many. Right. That probably butt heads. Over uh, also, this. Um, the field of psychology has a lot to lose. Yeah. In this one, because they've been handling um, transsexualism. Yeah. Uh, they that's they, they stick their claim on it decades ago. And Absolutely. Now, like you said, there's a lot of debate over whether it is a mental disorder. Yes, and who knows where that's going to end up in the future. Uh, but transsexualism, we should go ahead and define this, because we'd never defined roller derby. We had some uh, foreign fans that wrote in and said, you know, it's all great, but we didn't even, you never <laughs> even said what it was <laughs> until like 20 minutes in. Well. That's like doing a podcast on hot dogs. I just figured people knew. Yeah. Roller derby is a sport, by the way. We should do a podcast on hot dogs. Transsexualism is uh, when you were born and you were dissatisfied with your sexual identity or your gender role or your bodily characteristics. So, Mm -hmm. Like if you were a boy but you're feeling like a girl, you don't want to look down and see your penis every day. And when you do, it's it's going to have a detrimental effect on your life and yeah, how you lead it. Very confusing, I'm sure. And it's um, not necessarily even confusing, but at the very least irritating. Well yeah. You know? Let's go ahead and say both. Okay. <laughs> uh and you all often hear the term trapped in a a woman's body or yeah. trapped in a man's body, and I think that's probably uh, how they generally associate it. Uh I have a couple of stats here too. Okay. That seem a little more frequent than I thought. Apparently one in every twenty five hundred U.S. citizens has undergone male to female gender reassignment surgery. That is a lot. So if you go to a big concert, like a big uh, stadium show with like 50,000 people, there are potentially 20 people there. I guess it depends on what show. <laughs> but 20 people who have undergone male to female uh, reassignment surgery. Now, um, that seems like, it seems high. It does seem high. But this uh, that's the University of Michigan stat and Lynn oh, Conway... Well. Um, 
that one link I sent you yeah. was University of Michigan. They have a, if not poorly presented, uh, but really. very comprehensive site on transsexualism. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and one in 1,100, uh, one in almost 12,000 males and one in about 30,000 females are transsexual adults. And I took so that way to more mean men. like full on all the way done with surgery is gone step by step through the process whereas that University of Michigan estimate was they're they're they've had some sort of surgical en- oh, okay. enhancement yeah so way I'm more saying? men than women like th- almost three times as many yeah so there's something to that and when we were talking about Jessica becoming Scott right yes so Jessica becoming Scott girl to guy mm-hmm. is uh, trans man Yes. And then going from male to female is, uh, or a, a male identifying with female gender, uh, is trans woman. Yes. So trans man or trans woman, uh, reflects what you identify with, not what you're born with biologically. Right. And, okay. uh, this has been around probably as long as there have been people, uh, but it has just been, uh, I don't want to say popular, but, in the public eye. <laughs> it's so hot among it's, the kids yeah. right now. It hadn't been in the public eye since about the 1950s when a woman, uh, an American woman named Christine uh, Jorgensen, had to go to Denmark because they didn't do the surgery in the States till 1966 mm-hmm. to get her uh, gender reassignment surgery. And she was a pioneer along with Dr. Harry Benjamin, who was the physician who first coined that term. And he did a lot of work, established a foundation that today is known as the World Professional Association for Transgender Health. And they establish standards of care, and uh, basically they are the place to go if you're a, a doctor, if you're a, a person who's mm-hmm. confused right. for support. So um, the, Christine Jorgensen couldn't have had her operation because, or had it not been for Harry Benjamin probably. So I read that a, a guy who was an influence on him um his name was Dr. Magnus Hirschfeld. He was <laughs> an early name. early proponent of um, homosexual rights. Oh, really? Huge, in the 20s. Wow. Um, he was also a psychiatrist, um, and he influenced uh, Dr. Benjamin, as did um, Alfred Kinsey, the sex researcher, the sexologist, yeah, the Liam sex Mason. executioner. <laughs> um, so these two men were friends of Harry Benjamin's, and they kind of, their ideas and theories and research combined into Harry Benjamin, who yeah. became like this pioneer in the field of transsexualism. Uh, basically took it out of like the, the freak show status that it had. Right. And as with most things that psychology's helped with, especially in the middle of the 20th century, kind of brought it into a treatment kind yeah. of view. And and the weird thing is, is what we've come up with as a treatment for transsexualism is gender reassignment surgery. Yes. And which that, is unusual among yeah. what would be considered mental illnesses. I would say so. And that that's step five, actually, in a five-step process that begins long before the, the scalpel hits the, the body parts, let's say. Yeah. Uh, it, the first thing is uh, diagnostic assessment. Um, we'll get into these in detail, but I'll just list them here. Um, psychotherapy, what's called the real-life experience. That's my favorite. <laughs> Mine, too. Uh, hormone therapy, and then finally, if you make it through all those steps, mm-hmm. surgery. Right. If you if you want to. You don't always have to get the surgery. And you better have some dough too, depending on where you get it. Yeah. Uh what does it cost? Thirty grand more? Uh it depends. Um according to our article, which sourced the San Francisco Gate newspaper, um, it's 
thirty-seven grand to go trans man, male, female to male, female to male, and then no, I'm sorry, it's seventy-seven grand to go from a female to a male, ah. and the penis is the price pusher. Apparently, if you want a really good surgically constructed penis, right, you better be rich. I would think so because I guess it's a an affordable, functional, sensitized. Surgically constructed penis is, is kind of a joke, apparently, among the transsexual community. A joke is in it's really hard to come by. Unattainable. Unattainable. Unless you're rich. And even if you're rich, I, I have a feeling that it's not the easiest thing to find. There's probably one guy out there who knows exactly how to do it. It's the magic touch. And he makes like five million bucks of procedure. Right. Uh, they also recommend, well, they don't recommend, but they say if you go to other countries like Thailand, you could pay as little as eight or $9,000. Yes. But I don't know about you, my friend. This is a pretty important surgery. If I was choosing to become uh, a woman, yeah. I would not go to Thailand to do it. I think, well, if you're not to going their from surgeons. male to female, it's thirty-seven grand, and I have the impression that it's an easier procedure. Uh, probably because, I mean, it's, it's cheaper. Chopping off the bits. Yeah. Actually, that is not true, and Chuck and I know it. Stop emailing right now. Calm down. It's not true. We uh, went through some. We on that University of Michigan site. There were um, illustrations, yeah, of how to basically trans perform trans man, no trans woman surgery. Sure, removing the penis, et cetera, et cetera, creating yeah. the the vagina. Um, we're quite aware it's not just chopping off the. No, bits. it's pretty amazing, actually. It is, um, Chuck, Josh. So you talk about diagnosing this as mental illness, and if you're in the United States, and I take it also as you're in Europe as well, you have to go in to see a shrink and say, I'm a transsexual, let's get the mental health aspect out of the way so I can keep going. Yeah, you can't just say, you can't just sign up for surgery next week. Unless you go to Thailand. Well, yeah, right. and you have eight or nine thousand dollars. Yeah. In order to get diagnosed, though, there's a couple of components. You have to be, uh, you have to have the desire to live and be accepted as, a, as a, another sex, and you have to have the desire to actually transform your body through ther- hormone therapy and surgery. Right, and there because there's different types of um, gender association disorders. I, I make air quotes every time I'm saying disorders here, yeah, right? Yeah, it bothers or me mental too. illness. But um, transsexualism falls under the larger umbrella of gender identity disorder, right? Yes. Okay, and transsexualism is like the money gender identity disorder yeah like if you are transsexual you don't want to be in this the this biologically born body any longer right you want your your container you want your sex organs changed right you want to live as a as a member of the opposite sex mm-hmm. you probably want to marry somebody who's sure. of your same born biological sex right um and you you're willing to go through the steps for that there's also dual role transvestism yeah, which is, uh, that's when you don't want to have the surgery at all, correct? No, but you identify with both, possibly. Right. Is that like Ed Wood? That's what I took it as. Okay. Transvestitism, or transvestism, uh, is, from what I understand, cross-dressing. Sure. It's, or that's a symptom of it. Okay. Um, and yeah, you, like, I don't believe Ed Wood ever wanted to be a woman. He just liked wearing women's clothes or, or possibly be with men. I, it had nothing to do with homosexuality. Either. Right. Right. 
But again, it's like you're abnormal because you like Angora, so right. this is a mental illness. This right. is number two. You're not the transsexual, but you are a transvestite. I like Angora, too. There's also gender identity disorder of childhood. Who doesn't, Chuck? Yeah. That's where you like to play with dolls rather than Tonka trucks. Right. Yeah. Nature or nurture. Yes. Um, and then that one may clear up eventually. What do you mean? Like, I think that that, since it's of childhood, oh, there's oh, another oh. diagnosis, according to the um, DSM-4, that ch- uh, gender identity disorder of adulthood. No, I'm sorry. That's in the International Classification of Diseases 10. There, There is gender identity disorder in childhood and then right. adolescence and adulthood. So if your William wants a doll, they say you might grow out of it and right. eventually want to play football. Because guys can't play with dolls. Right. Or William might really want to be Sally, but if you take him in as a kid, he's going to get diagnosed as gender identity disorder childhood. Right. If he stays in therapy or is treated or whatever uh, into adolescence and adulthood, that diagnosis would change. Or if he went back later on as an adult, he would be re-diagnosed as that. There's a lot of diagnosis. And what I gathered from this article is... So much has to go into getting this done. They really, really, really want to make sure that you are sure that this is something you want to do. Right. You got to jump through a lot of hoops. Yeah. It's, it's not like, like um, go ahead. I mean, you can, you can go in there and I can get my belly fat removed tomorrow if I wanted to. Sure. They well, don't we ask can do you. do it to... right now. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Any other kind of like plastic surgery, you can just go in and get anything you want done. But this, you have to jump through hoops for. You definitely do. Um, it may be for a good reason because it's a big deal. For many good reasons. Also, and real quick, let's talk about the. Um, there's also other gender identity disorders, which is like the uh, and unspecified, which is like the. I really don't know what this is. A lot of right. times that they're they're associated with intersex conditions, like ambiguous genitalia. Yes. Like uh, the old rumor about Jamie Lee Curtis. I'm glad you brought that up because her father died yesterday. I know. R.I.P. Tony Curtis. Isn't that weird that we would do this? Yeah, uh, but the, the Jamie Lee Curtis thing I should mention is not confirmed. There's always been a rumor, mm-hmm. and the reason it still has legs, I think, is because she's never commented on it publicly and said, no, this is not true. She's just been like, you know what, stay out of my business. Good for her. Yeah, that's what I say. You go, girl. That's what I say, too. Uh, Chuck, apparently ambiguous genitalia is a uh, very, very rare disorder, and I was reading up on it on the Mayo Clinic's website, the most trusted leader in health, the most... Um, regular consumer, the most voracious consumer of white lab coats. Yeah. God, that was a lot for that <laughs> stupid joke, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, and they were saying that um, most surgeons like to talk the family out of um, gender assignment surgery. Sexual uh, sexual assignment surgery, actually, is what I found it's called. Sexual reassignment surgery. What, when they were born with uh, ambiguous genitalia? Anytime. Technically, this article on our site should be called sexual reassignment. Okay. Most of the most of the sources I ran up on were, was called it sexual reassignment surgery. Gotcha. But they, most surgeons, when a child comes out with ambiguous genitalia, the surgeon's like, we should wait for the kid. Just see if it works itself out? Uh, more like we want the kid to, to uh, grow okay. up and decide whether he gotcha. or she wants to be a boy or a girl. Gotcha, gotcha, we gotcha. should leave it up to the kid. It, that's if it's really down the middle. In some cases, apparently, um, an, uh, an enlarged clitoris can look an awful lot like a penis. Yeah. 
Um, and that can be the result of a hormone imbalance. So they'll just give you hormones and then the, the clitoris goes whoop and shrinks. Right. Um, and then with, uh, a, a lot of times also the internal reproductive organs mm-hmm. will dictate what the external genitalia should be. That makes sense. Right? Yeah. But if it's really up in the air, the, this, the physician apparently likes to wait until the kid can say something. That makes for a rough adolescence, I bet. <laughs> but it's probably the right thing to do, you know? Yeah. That's a tough one. Uh, all right, Josh. So you're diagnosed. You are, you, you've gone through the, the psychiatric evaluation. You're clinically diagnosed. Okay. And now there are three phases. Hormone therapy, your real life experience, and surgery. Yeah, and uh, it doesn't always happen in that order because every person's journey to their ultimate uh, gender destination yeah. is different, yeah. and you get it tailored for your own path that you want to take. So you don't always have bottom surgery; they call it. Sometimes you just have top surgery. <laughs> what well, they do not call it that. Uh, they that's some of the common language for it. It wow. absolutely is. Uh, because Chaz Bono says that she had top surgery, and okay. she says that I'm not going to talk about whether or not I had bottom surgery. That's my business. And also, these things don't always happen in that specific order. So let's say you are a female transitioning to a male. You may undergo, uh, undergo hormone therapy and go ahead and have the top surgery for your real-life experience to right. make that more realistic, I guess. Well, And yeah. then you have... Uh, the hormone therapy after. I mean, it, it it just depends. You can you can do what you want to do, basically. But that makes a lot of sense because the real life experience is you immersing yourself pre-operation. You're pre-op transsexual, and you're living for uh, a year, I believe, as a member of the opposite sex. That's the real life experience. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And but the point is, you're finding out if you can stand being treated as a woman or a man. Um, if you are comfortable with it if it right. if it really is the way you're supposed to be or if like there was something else going on that that that's what you thought but you found out before it was too late it's like a test drive it's exactly right it's, a, it's it a is one a, year it's long a test, test drive. drive so you would think that if a woman is going to try to live as a man is that's a trans man preoperative transsexual right um you would want to remove the breasts which is a pretty standard procedure um and you would want to do that before you immerse yourself in the real life experience, or else they're going to be like, You're "Yeah, not fooling anybody with that ace bandage." <laughs> right? You know? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, before you can uh, do this, though, you need to have a um, before you can begin hormone therapy or surgery, you have to actually get a letter of recommendation from your physician and your psychiatrist or psychologist, or go to Thailand, or go to Thailand. And there are also a few other criteria. Um, you have to be 18. You can't get this done as a teenager. Right. Or, a, I'm sorry, a pre-18-year-old teenager. Yes. Uh, you have to understand, have a full understanding about hormones and what they can do medically, what they cannot do medically, which is probably even more important. Yeah. And what the benefits and risks are. Uh, you have to have that minimum of three months of psychotherapy, a minimum of three months of life experience, real life experience, um, be uh, show stable or improved mental health, which is interesting. And you have to demonstrate you can take hormones uh, responsibly because that's no light matter. No. So, Chuck, let's say you, you go ahead and meet all this criteria. You've undergone your psychotherapy, and you have a letter of recommendation. 
from Dr. Egbert Norbert, right? <laughs> saying, this man should be a woman, right? Right. You undergo the hormone therapy, and there's there's a lot of stuff you should expect. Sure. Right? There's some stuff you're going to be expecting, and then there's some unexpected side effects, depending on which way you're going. Um, and by the way, hormones, uh, if you're... Uh, if you're a trans man, mm-hmm. you're going to be given androgens, yeah. like testosterone, things like that. Um, and if you're a uh, trans woman, you're going to be given estrogen. And these also may be synthesized from animals. Yes. Uh, there was a huge break breakthrough in gender reassignment, the, the process, in 1941 when something called Premarin, which is a synthetic hormone that's synthesized from uh, estrogen of pregnant mares. Really? Pregnant horses wow. uh, hit the market, and all of a sudden it was like, holy cow, this changes everything. Interesting. I think that's when hormone therapy was really introduced was around that time. Yeah, I think some steroids are from animals too, so sure. that makes sense. But if you're, do, you, do, you, do you know some of the side effects? Yeah, well, you uh, just want to add, you might also be taking progesterone or uh, testosterone blockers if you are a female trying to become a male. Mm-hmm. And you can take it orally, injected, or transdermal. Yes. So those are your th- options. But uh, yeah, Josh, if you're a male, you're undergoing hormone treatment and you're getting your injections. Right. You can expect, as expected, breast growth, uh, decrease in body hair. Mm-hmm. They're going to redistribute your body fat into different places. Yeah. Uh, decrease fertility. Uh, your testicles will shrink and you will get less frequent and less firm erections, which is a key if you want to be a woman. Sure. That's you probably step. didn't want them in the first place. Right. The uh, mo- good news is if you decide about halfway through, oh, you know what? I don't really like this, actually. Uh, most of these changes are reversible if you stop. Yeah, you just stop taking the hormones. Exactly, and it will go back to normal in most cases. Um, and those are the positive effects that you want to happen. Right. That, well, that's what you're expecting. There's some side effects that you wouldn't want. Um, yeah. For example, uh, blood clots, weight gain. And not just weight redistribution, but weight gain. Sure. Um, as Chaz Bono has undergone. Yeah, she's larger. Liver disease and hypertension. Or he, I should say. He. You, you she, want to refer to surgery. a transsexual by right. the gender they uh, identify with. Right. He had the surgery in 2009, late last year, and uh, Chaz is officially a man now. Right. So I apologize. So, Josh, let's say you're a female undergoing uh, hormone treatment. What are you going to get? You're going to get facial hair, buddy. That's one thing. You're going to get testes, gonads maybe. Okay. Uh, you're going to, uh, your clitoris will be enlarged. Yes. Um, you are going to have a deeper voice. Yes. Um, and you're going to have a lot more body hair. Yeah. But there's also a wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah. You're going to go bald. Yeah, male pattern baldness begins. That That to me is just nature's cruelest joke. That's nature's cruelest joke to me, period, with men. Because a lot of guys have a big problem with that. Sure. Well, your hair moving down to your back as yeah. you age, yeah, that's pretty, <laughs> exactly. pretty rotten. It's kind of like your reproductive years are over. Well, yeah, but it's really unfair that you're saying, all right, you're, you want, you're transsexual, you want to become a man. Like, this is what being a man is. You're yeah. going gonna to go bald, and uh, yeah. you're going to have to start shaving your head. And then nature just smacks you on the bottom with the towel in the locker room. That's right. That's what being a man is. Just one of the guys. Uh, that also has some negative effects, too, though, um, like infertility, acne, um, increased risk for heart attack, mm-hmm. also welcome to being a man, Yeah, and increased potential for uh, liver tumors. And you, you um, notice that in both, with hormones in both directions, 
there was the risk of infertility. So there's a lot of talk about um, ensuring that uh, transsexuals know ahead of time, pre-surgery, pre-hormonal therapy, um, that they need to bank their sperm, bank their eggs, yeah. just in case they're happy living as a if, member of the other sex, yeah, but yeah. they want to reproduce using their own genes. Yeah. Um, and prior to 2008, when Scott Beatty got pregnant, um, this really wasn't much of an issue. The, the infertility was just impossible right. um, to have uh, a kid in utero at, at post-op. Right. Right? Uh, and now it's now it's a, it's this is something else that has to be discussed and explored prior yeah. to surgery. But before you take hormones, if you're a transsexual or you're considering undergoing gender reassignment, you better bank your your junk. <laughs> Not your junk. Bank your genetic junk. Right. Uh, so, Josh, we've been calling this uh, gender reassignment surgery. We should be calling it gender reassignment surgeries for a very good reason, because it's not a single procedure at all. And no. you can have, depend. I mean, you can get the full works if you want, or you can get just, you know, you can tailor it to your own expectations, but potentially you can get a lot of surgery. Yeah, and I guess, um, Chuck, we should probably say here that if you're of a squeamish type, if you couldn't handle the cremation podcast, you should probably go ahead and just... Stop listening now. Maybe fast forward a few minutes. It's my favorite thing when you encourage people to stop listening to our podcast. I don't encourage anybody <laughs> to even begin listening in the it's, first place. It's a Chuck. warning. Chuck. Yes. If you want to go from, if you're a trans woman. Ma- male to female. Yes. You are going to undergo a number of surgeries, like you said, including, let's start off with the oreectomy. Yeah, what is that? The oreectomy is the removal of the testicles. But the penis and the scrotum remain. Or- orchiectomy, by the way. Oh, oh okay. Just wanna, there might be an oreectomy that's different. What is it? Orchiectomy. Orchiectomy. Yes. So it's removing your orc. Okay. Which is your testicles. But the penis and scrotum remain until the penectomy. Yeah, and that one's pretty self-explanatory. I it's think. the amputation of the penis. Yes. What's next? Uh, well, there's. Um, we should probably say. As a rule of thumb, when you're talking about surgeries, an ectomy is the removal or the amputation right. of something. Yeah. A plasty, uh, the suffix plasty, mm-hmm. indicates that something is being reshaped, remolded, right. or modified in a way that doesn't include amputation like or removal. Rhinoplasty, for instance, as everyone knows, is a nose job. Yes. Because they're reshaping. reshaping your nose. Yes. Even though they may remove parts of the nose, it's still a reshaping of it. They're not just taking your whole nose off. That would be a rhinoectomy, I guess. And I guess it would. That's probably not a very common surgery. No. So, Josh, since you mentioned plasty, we should mention male-to-female patients might yeah. get uh, vaginoplasty. Which is the plasty of a vagina. Uh, clitoroplastomy. The plasty of a clitoris. And labiaplasty. Yes. They're all pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> so. But and I think this probably goes in order. It's removing the testicles first, and that's going to... That's going to do more than any hormone supplements are going to do by themselves. Oh, yeah. Um, because, you know, your testicles are your little hormone androgen-producing buddies. Mm-hmm. Um, and you take them out, and the hormones really kind of kick in. Uh, and then you remove the penis, and then you start the rebuilding. Right. Um, and again, on the University of Michigan website, there were illustrations. Yeah. And apparently there's this guy. I didn't tell you this. There's a doctor who made, single-handedly made, a little town called Trinidad, Colorado, one of the capitals of sex change operations. Really? How so? He started doing sex change operations. Uh, gotcha. <laughs> but he was he was like the town 
surgeon. So right. he did everything. But somebody came to him in 1969 and said, can you help me out? The guy corresponded with like the two other doctors yeah. who were doing it. Because remember, we just started in the U.S. in 66. Yeah, yeah. This is 69. So he started corresponding with a physician in New York and then called Johns Hopkins, probably wrote them a letter yeah. and said, do you have any info on this? They sent him an illustrated step-by-step procedure of how to do this. So he took a draw off his cigarette and was like, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, that's exactly right. And he actually kept it a secret at first because it was a Catholic hospital and he didn't want to offend the nuns. Well, yeah. Uh, and then eventually nuns. did. And so this community became like the one of the capitals of the sex change um, operation healthcare industry. Wow. Yeah. And that town is now called Gender Reassignment Colorado. <laughs> well, the guy died in 2006, but he was still, in this 2000 article I ran across, he was still doing them. Yeah, thank God for all these pioneers that in the 1920s and 40s and 60s did things that were what I think very brave yeah, very. at the time. Yeah. Especially, I mean, they could be ostracized, they could be fired. So, Well, we'll get into that, but that still happens. Well, yeah. So, Chuck, if you want to go um, from a woman to a man, trans man... Well, hold on. There's a few more male to females. Oh, okay. Sorry. Th- that's just to, to really take care of things. Uh, if you want to go over and above, you can have anything from facial bone reconstruction, mm-hmm. like correcting your hairline, making your forehead more prominent, uh, brow lift, yeah. cheek implants, yeah. lip filling, yeah. jaw re- uh, recontouring, and a tracheal shave. You just said recontouring like a Spaniard. What is that? How would you say it? Recontouring. Recontouring. Or a tracheal shave. And I don't, the only thing I can think that might be would be maybe your Adam's apple. That's exactly what it is. The, oh, is it? Um, thyroid chondroplasty is also called a tracheal shave, and that is getting rid of your Adam's apple. Because that's a dead giveaway. Oh, my God. It's like, just imagine real quick <laughs> yeah. sticking a bamboo shoot under your fingernail and pulling up. Wow. That's what happens to me when I think about shaving off part of my Adam's apple. Really? Yeah. I don't have a prominent Adam's apple. Do you? Eh, not really. Shut up. My buddy Scotty Boy, his is like, he's got a golf ball down there. Yeah, but like, don't you see guys like that and think, how do you not bump into things with that thing? <laughs> right. Like, doesn't that hurt? Like, it's just kind of out there. It's very vulnerable. Yeah. I don't want anything to hit my Adam's apple. I don't either. No, it isn't very prominent, is it? Karate chop? No, not really. Maybe, uh, I don't know. I'm feeling fine. (laughs) Uh, And then you can also have vocal cord surgery or voice training to, you know, bring it down a little bit. Yeah, because we said with the hormones, if you um, start taking androgens and you're a trans trans man, the hormones are going to lower your voice. But if you're a trans woman, you're going to have to do something about your voice because the the, the hormones probably aren't going to raise it. Right. So female to male, let's go there. Oh, let's go there, Chuck. So you need to have... My favorite, the salpingo oophorectomy, which is the removal of the fallopian tube and an ovary. Apparently, yeah. you don't need to remove both. Hysterectomy, oh, really? of course, which is the removal of the uterus. Uh-huh. Uh, vaginectomy, uh-huh. removal of the vagina. Yeah. Um, and then you have all sorts of plasties, which, see if you can guess what the scrotoplasty is. <laughs> I bet I know what that is. The phalloplasty. Yeah, that's pretty obvious. Again, that's the price pusher. Right. Um, and then uh, you will probably have nudicles installed, testicular prosthetics. We'll uh, but hold that. on. Let's see. We have the scrotum, the, ple- the penis. Uh, Creation of a neophallus. Did you mention that? That's the phalloplasty. Oh, okay. And interestingly, um, sometimes the 
the clitoris will be will be turned into the head of the penis, the neophallus. Yes. And then they'll basically just take other parts. I don't know exactly what the rest of the penis would be constructed of, but the uh, the the head of the penis is is often the clitoris. Oh, and I thought you were saying the other way around. Because so, all right, here's the deal. Okay. Let me break it down easily. Sometimes the head of the penis will be used as the clitoris. Sometimes there will be a neophallus with the clitoris at the end of that. Uh, Chuck, actually, uh, that's a metoidioplasty. Metoidioplasty. Metoidioplasty, right? Which is basically the the clitoris is enlarged chemically. Right. Uh, and then it's cut off, and that's the head of the penis now. Okay, so the goal here with both that and... When they obviously they're using the clitoris and the head of the penis is they're trying to give you sensitivity in your sexual organs right. post op. Yes. That is the goal of keeping all these parts instead of just going complete plastic surgery and right. making fake things, right. fake parts. They want you to be able to have a successful sex life after your operation. That's that's a big part of it. There's um, a lot of study. Well, not a lot. I'm sure that it's been called for for more. But there's been studies of regret among post-operative um, sexual reassignment patients. Uh, and one of the things that they found is a big factor is um, the the quality of the presence and quality of a partner. Yeah. And the presence and quality of a, a satisfying sex life afterward. I would say that's a huge, huge factor. Sure. I didn't trust this stat for some reason. Maybe it's because it was from 1992 in the article that said that uh, less than 1% of female to males say they regretted it and mm-hmm. 1 to 1.5% of male to females say they regretted it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I, it's so long ago. Do you trust that? Um, I I'll say it was true study, in 1992. The study I saw, there was one that was written in 2006, and I didn't see any stats, but I did get the impression that it's pretty low. But the two, there's really two factors, or there's two um standards that the, uh, what is the world WPATH? Mm-hmm. Who, by the way, Chuck, uh, will have just... Wrapped up this time next year, 2011, uh-huh. their biennial symposium in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, we should go. We totally should. But WPATH, um, their standards of care says basically like if they have, if you have deep irreversible regret where you're openly saying, I want to go back. You can't go back though, can you? You, you can. There's a BBC documentary and a guy who, uh, whose family left him after uh, his really? business went under. He's a millionaire. Uh huh. Um, and he went, he went, from he was a trans woman, and the documentary is about how he wants to become a man again. Gotcha. The uh, the the two measures of failure, or when you shouldn't have gotten the the gender reassignment surgery, is deep regret and suicide. Uh-huh. But I did get the impression that it's it is fairly uncommon. Yeah. Well, <laughs> did you remember what we were even talking about? Yeah, yeah, and I think it's probably uncommon because of all the hoops and the length of time it takes to really complete this thing. Right. Which is, like I said, it's a good thing. They really, really want to make sure that you're positive that this is something you want to do. So let's say that you've undergone it. You're you're, you're happy with the result. You don't express regret. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're living a new life. What are some of the things that you're going to be facing as a trans man or a trans woman who's had top and bottom surgery, as it's put. By You're Chaz going Bono. to be facing bigotry, uh, hatred. Uh, you might have things thrown at you. You might get beat up. You might get fired. 
Uh, you might be, uh, you can get married. Yeah. So that's a good thing. Yeah. But a lot of, you know, bad things are going to come your way from a lot of people. And there's not a lot of protection. No. Um, under the law for transsexuals. They don't fall into, um, hate crime bills. Uh, and as a matter of fact, see if this strikes you as draconian. In most states, to undergo a sex change operation legally, you have to put a local a notice in the local paper, in the legal organ. Yeah. Is that still a thing? I think so. Do you remember the case of Vandy Beth Glenn in Georgia? Yeah. Recently? No. Uh, she was um, She worked for two years in the General Assembly's office of Legislative Council as an editor and proofreader of bill language and it, right here in Georgia. And she was fired when she told her boss, you know what, I... Uh, want to be a female now and I want you to refer to me as a female and this I'm going to undergo the surgery and this is what I'm going to do and he fired her and she just won a lawsuit uh, this year. Good for her. That's tough too though because there's not a lot of uh, again discrimination, anti-discrimination protection. Yeah. Uh, in- including in the, the workplace. Basically they were able to prove that this is the reason that I was fired. Uh, what other famous cases besides Chaz Bono? Do you know, did you hear about Warren Beatty's daughter? This is alleged. What? Warren Beatty and Annette Bening's oldest uh, kid, Kathleen, is 18 years old and allegedly has been living as a man for the past two years as Stephen Ira and uh, wants to have gender reassignment surgery now that mm. she is 18. And um, apparently, and this is all alleged. I mean, this is as of this week that's starting to come out. Uh-huh. Um, apparently, Annette Bening is trying to be supportive and Warren Beatty's having some problems with it. What is wrong with that generation? Well, it didn't say that he was being a big jerk about it. They just said that he's kind of struggling with it. So, you know, huh. maybe he'll struggle through it and come out the other side and everything will be all right. Remember that Saturday Night Live um, ad for Homocell? No. It was like an antidepressant for parents whose kids are gay. Oh, really? And they're like, because it's your problem, not theirs. That was like the, the slogan for it. It was awesome, actually. Have you ever seen the T-shirts on St. Patrick's Day? Mom, Dad, I'm Gaelic. <laughs> no. Those are pretty funny. That is funny. Uh, and I also should mention, too, that my brother, when he lived in Los Angeles, his super uh, underwent gender reassignment surgery. Wow. He went from Calvin to Rissa. Huh. Over Christmas. So Scott left to come home. Calvin was a man, I think was from Thailand, and he came back and he was met with Rissa, a very lovely uh, woman. Wow. As his super that was... Good with a wrench. Uh, so, Chuck, I don't know anybody who's undergone gender reassignment surgery, but I'm glad that I know more about this now. Yeah, me too. I'm interested to see in 20 years how the mental health industry, uh, what what kind of claim it still has on it or yeah. what it's doing to help it along or whatever. Because it's clearly facilitating this process, mm-hmm. but... Again, I don't think it's a mental illness. So yeah, I I think probably most transsexuals don't think that they're mentally ill. Well, we have I know for a fact we have some transsexual listeners because they have written in before, and so I hope we did a good job with this. I hope yes. we were appropriately respectful and all that stuff. Let us know for a couple of lunkheads who like to joke around about everything. And if you're not transsexual and you got a problem with it, don't be a jerk. Just don't be a jerk in life. That's our motto. 
Uh, since we said uh, don't be a jerk, that means I should probably pitch this article to you, Gender Reassignment. You can find it by typing Gender Reassignment. Actually, just type gender in the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. We have a lot of cool articles on it, including uh, How Fluid is Gender, um, an article I wrote a long time ago about why blue is for boys and pink is for girls. It's all made up. And uh, a bunch of other stuff, including Gender Reassignment. Um, you can type that at HowStuffWorks.com. Which means it's listener mail time, right? Oh, well, hold on, Chuck. Hold on. First, let's do a little pluggage. Yes. You are a big sports guy. I am. You, my friend, I know where you could get a signed Tom Glavin baseball. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, remember our friends Coed? Yeah. They are having their fall fiesta, ATL. It's uh-huh. in Atlanta. Yeah. So if you're in Atlanta or the southeastern United States, you're going to want to be in town on October 21st, That's which right. is, what is that, a, a Thursday? I believe that is a Thursday. Uh, it's at the Metropolitan Club in Alpharetta. Uh-huh. And anyone who's familiar with Atlanta knows that it's spread far and wide. Yes. In 100 million miles in each direction, and Alpharetta is <laughs> in part of that. Right. So it's going to be in the, at the Metropolitan Club in Alpharetta from 7 to 10 p.m. on October 21st, right? So tell the people about what's going on. Uh, well, Josh, uh, it's 20 bucks to get in. That, of course, goes to co-ed. And it also gets you food and wine and beer. <laughs> and uh, it gets you a chance to meet and hang out with Jerry. Jerry. Jerry's going to be there. Totally. And we would be there, but we're going to be out of town. Yes, we are going to be in New York. And we are loath that we're not going to be there. That's right. Um, but if you want to meet Jerry in the flesh, she will be there in the flesh. Co-ed in Guatemala got under Jerry. Like, our hearts... Are aligned with Coed. Yes, they own Jerry's skin. They got under her skin. <laughs> they own her um, subdermal region. That's right. And there are going to be auction items, and they're raising money for their awesome uh, nonprofit. And you can win like signed sports memorabilia. Right. You can win a week long African safari, dude. That's pretty big. Yeah, you can win a mama gift basket. Oh yeah, is, is Emily doing something? Yeah, she's going to donate a gift basket. That is very nice. Yeah. Um, and all of this goes to help co-ed. Uh, for those of you who don't remember or need a refresher, go back and listen to our two-part Guatemala adventure episode. Um, and this is a nonprofit that pulls money together to buy textbooks for schools in Guatemala. Uh, and believe us, they need it. We've seen it firsthand. Um, yes. And escrow accounts are set up where the schools rent these textbooks. The money goes directly to these escrow accounts. And after five years, it reverts back to the school. Who can then buy or which can then buy new textbooks. So it's a self-sustaining system. And Chuck and I put our good housekeeping stamp of approval all over it. That's right. Yeah. So there you go. Fall Fiesta ATL, October 21st, Metropolitan Club in Alpharetta, 7 to 10 p.m. And uh, there's a link on the Coed website. It's www.coeduc.org, right? Yes. Okay. So let's get to it. I have an email from Nick. Nick has this to say. Hey, guys, I just returned from a run. Listen to your biospeology uh, podcast in which Josh said the word wash in one of our tangents. I Remember think you, that? No, you said wash, and I asked you about it. Well, regardless, it's in there somewhere. Uh, I grew up in Washington, Pennsylvania, a small but uh, growing coal town in the western side of Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm sorry, south of Pittsburgh. In that area, the whole tri-state area, in fact, uh, of Pennsylvania, Western Virginia, or West Virginia, and Ohio, they regularly use wash in reference to washing hands or their cars. 
Did you know that that was an area thing there? They say wash there? Uh, I didn't know that that's... I know it's regional for sure. Okay. I didn't know that region. Uh, the best part is in my particular situation, being from Washington, I always heard it pronounced Washington. I <laughs> know. <laughs> Uh, I do not speak with that particular piece of vernacular, as my mother would have sooner cut out my tongue than hear me say that. But I would like to offer a few more unique pieces of vernacular from that area. Let's hear it. Uh, red up. You ever heard that? No. I need you to red up the table. No. I guess that means get like set the table. Okay. Ready it? I don't know. Or remove one of the four legs. Oh, actually, here he says the definition is the definition is a synonym with clean or clear off, okay. like red up your room. Uh, babushka. That is the, uh, a kerchief worn by Polish women in the Northeast. Well, that's what he says. A piece of cloth tied around the head similar to a do-rag. Uh-huh. And by similar, I mean exactly like. Yens, uh, Y-I-N-Z. You ever heard that? No, I have not. All yens come inside. The pierogies are ready. Huh. I guess uh, similar to y'all in the South. Right. And finally, there is no plural to the word mile. Emily's dad says this. Like go 80 about, mile? Yeah, go about 80 mile up the road. Emily hates it so bad. Uh, yeah, you, her dad's from that area, right? Yeah, from Ohio. Okay, that's right. Guys, just remember that Washington, Pennsylvania is the town that changed its name officially to Steelers, Pennsylvania, <laughs> before the 2005 Super Bowl. Uh, I, however, live in southeastern Virginia now, but I do recall my roots. Thank you, Nick. Well, lucky for Washington, Pennsylvania, that name change wasn't irreversible as a lot of gender reassignment surgery is. So great. Uh, If you are a transsexual and you have undergone surgery or are considering it, we want to hear from you. Even just say hi. Mm -hmm. Uh, Send us an email to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Want more HowStuffWorks? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?